And welcome back to episode seven of the Bayou Dragons podcast. I sound like every single person that's ever on the radio right now. You have, so, a, you have a pretty good radio voice, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Just welcome back to 97.1 The Box. But uh, <laughs> so it's normal, me, Mitch, Tanner on the podcast. And today, our special guest, very interesting, one of the most intense human beings I know. Jonathan Hartell. <laughs> Hello, everyone. John Hartell. I'm uh, from Sour Lake, Texas, originally, and currently now live just outside of where these boys live in Finette, Texas. And, uh, well, it's uh, it's been a good life so far. And I don't know about being an intense character, but I do have some stories. And, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's get after it. Yeah. Let's see what you got. He, he um, I've known John now for seven or eight years and just he's good friends with a bunch of my good friends and we just became tight and he just has some interesting stories that we're definitely going to be hitting on he has a very unique family background that most people from southeast texas don't have because most of us are just it's like so what do you have Ash, or that's about it so <laughs> he he has a little bit of ethnicity in him yeah, Porter said uh, he's having one of his buddies, John, on. I've never met John before tonight, but uh, Porter said, yeah, he's a, he's a world traveler. So, so John, you've been around the block a time <laughs> or two, man. You've done some traveling. Why don't you uh, – where all have you been, man? You- well, uh, I've been in quite a few places. Uh, we'll start out uh, about 18 months old was my first trip to Ireland, which is where my mom and family are from, a little town called Carlo, just south of Dublin. And it's one of the prettiest towns you ever go to. It actually has a, a national monument there. It's called the Brownstone Dolmen. It's a 100 metric ton rock sitting right in the middle of a potato field. It's been there for thousands of years. And the closest rock to it is miles, hundreds of miles away. Similar rock style. So how did it get there? No one knows. It's actually a pagan burial ground. If you imagine this huge rock sitting up on top of these portal stones here, it's just elevated. It's one of the coolest things you Straight can think of. Straight up fucking chilling. But that's my mom's hometown, Carlo, or family at least. And, uh, well, that kind of developed where over my whole life uh, we've gone back and forth over there. But I've always had that feeling, the smell of being on an airplane or waiting or just that, you know, like – Opening day of duck season, you you got the jitters. I have the jitters right now. Like I've well, I've never done this before, but you know, it's just uh, it's it's one of those experiences that you don't know what's to come, but you know you're ready for it, and well, you don't know what you're ready for. I, it's one of those things that's right there, in between. But from there, uh, we'll fast forward a handful of years because it was just a back and forth between there. But I came across a few of friends that uh, Porter, I think a handful of guys actually work with you or at least associated, and Porter's quite a few years younger than me. I'm. Well, yeah, you're old <laughs> as dirt. O-A-F. Uh, I think I remember the, the first time I met Porter. He was over at the house, and Porter's got, he's able to grow in this nice beard, and I thought he was like 35, and I was 30, you know. He's like, how are you? He's like, I can't even drink yet. <laughs> That's how he talks. Like, still. Yeah. like when he's not doing his podcast voice, yeah. he talks yeah. very yeah. feminine. The, the voice y'all hear is straight yeah. podcast. So voice. podcast voice. Hello. Hello. <laughs> My real voice. Hey. Very high pitched. Yeah, that, that is a very common. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. My nuts are up in my throat. 
But I, I remember one of the, the first night we met, we were, my brother and I lived together in, in Beaumont for a little bit in a rent house, and we were sitting on the porch, and things got interesting. You know, we're just sitting there drinking Lone Stars, and uh, Porter had a, a pistol, and at that point in time, I was going through a, a hobby of dipping guns, thought it was going to be the next best thing, and taking all my friends' guns in, and putting little camouflage on them, better than spray paint, but, you know, at least it, it was a craft. I was into guns for a bit, still am, but... Anyway, Porter's like, well, I have a pistol. You want, you want to do mine? I was like, yeah, let's, let's check it out. Sure enough, that was kind of where we developed a, a friendship from right there, and huh. it's uh, kind of continued was that, on. Was that that camo 9mm uh, yes. you had? Yeah. What happened to that thing? That was, I haven't seen that thing in years. Well, I don't really want to talk about it. That, that gun, <laughs> that we've talked about hurricanes too many times on this thing. It's a sore subject here. It's a sore subject. It ended up. Reba took her, really, but Reba, fourth one underwater, took her. Well, I'd rather go out that way than the way of saying I actually camouflaged my gun, dropped it, and I can't find it. it. (laughs) It's somewhere here, and he's literally So, John, also, the first time, this is all within the first time we had met, you were doing just a bunch of shit, and he's like, oh, dude, I made, I created a silencer. I was like, Uh, of of course, you created a silencer. Solvent trap. Yeah. (laughs) He just... And in the middle of Beaumont, we're just shooting beer cans out in his front yard, and it just sounds like... Yeah, probably wasn't the best thing to do, but it was at the ground. You know, and, hey, it yeah. was at the ground. No, we're fine. Everything's yeah. fine. If anyone says shit... <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, this is a long time ago. But that was that's the kind of guy this guy is. He's building spaceships and dipping guns <laughs> and building silencers on pistols, so... So with that, that same group of guys that we all just kind of come, it's just so easy to get along with you guys because, I mean, whether you're from Sour Lake, which is where I'm from, or Finette, Hampshire Finette, if you want to be technical about the, the double up. I was hard in Jefferson, so I know how it all the double ups go. But uh, So I met this group of guys, all my buddies, basically out of high school. They got jobs, got married, moved on, and I was just kind of hanging out with my brother. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. He's a fun guy to hang out with, but... Uh, brought on a whole new uh, group of friends, younger friends, and I apparently was not ready to give up the the party life, and or at least sitting on the porch and drinking beer until I had to go to work the next day type thing. And uh, one night, Jeff Sanford ends up saying, you know what we ought to do? We ought to go to Ireland for, for Christmas. And I said, you know, it would be better if we just went for St. Patrick's Day. You know, it would be all Ireland about that. And everybody's like, yeah, that's a great idea. So... None of them, or a majority of them, had not been out of the United States, so uh, that's where I kind of established the nickname of Dad, because <laughs> I've been known for Dad for quite some time. In fact, one of our really good buddies, Kyle and Germs, which you guys yes. have probably met, but I am Dad, and uh, and it's only because I, you know, headed it up, got all the information together, and you know that was before you could really had Wi-Fi anywhere. This was 2012, so iPhones were still a thing, or actually a thing, but being able to actually navigate, and especially in another country, what are we going to do for our cell phones? Are we going to have service or this and that? And it actually was a bunch of printouts, just the same way even before uh, being able to pull up your maps on your phone, having MapQuest. I remember having a door full of MapQuest when we used to do trips out to Lake Amstead, some of the best duck hunt I ever did, Choke Canyon, Lake Falcon. It just, my whole door was full of map quest, <laughs> how to get there, how to get back. But anyway, so we move along, and St. Patrick's Day comes around. One of the best trips I ever did, especially with 
Eight, strapping, young, bachelor men from Texas. What better to send over to? Yeah. <laughs> you get that song, uh, Seven Nights in Ireland, and Reckless Kelly going on your head, and it, uh, it was everything and more. So, yeah, it was uh, a really good start. And one of those trips where the first night could have actually been the day that you arrived and the day that you left and was totally worth it. Yeah, it was, fuck it. That 18-hour <laughs> flight was worth this eight hours of being here. So being a, a you know outdoors and stuff like that, we'll throw a little bit of a, a Irish at you. So our first night there, we went to a place called O'Neill's Pub, which is directly across Trinity College. And you know, eight bachelor men, we want to see some girls. So we figured we'd go to O'Neill's Pub, and they're going to play trad music, which is traditional music. And it all started at nine. We get some fish and chips in us, get us some of the tuxedos going, Speaking and. Of uh, Little Guinness draft. Yeah, little Guinness draft didn't hurt nobody. It's brewed with nitrogen. I'll drink one if there's nothing else in the fridge. That's all. There right. you, go. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta have the taste for the dark stuff. I'll, I'll, like uh, I said, I'll drink one if there's you know nothing else in the fridge. I drink one of those. I won't have to eat dinner tomorrow night. Right. Yeah. It uh, it, it takes a setting, but once you get going on about three or four days for it, is it's it's all right. And to think that this trip, because we had heard that uh, Guinness was going to be room temperature or warm. They got warm beer over there. We'll find out. So we were testing it out, drinking four packs, six packs of warm Guinness, testing out before we're actually going to Ireland. Show up, and it's just as cold as your cold Lone Star Light, and that was beautiful. It's just Twin Peaks Oh, so And it's like from the teat of God. It it is so creamy. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. Guinness over there travels by truck. Yes, it has an 18-wheeler that looks like your love's tractor trailer going down the highway, and it looks like a big Guinness beer can going. It's such a cool thing. And they just straight up pour it straight from there into just <laughs> the youth's mouth. Yeah. So this first night, we're at O'Neill's Pub, and we're waiting on uh, the guys to show up. It's 9 o'clock. We got a little bit of fish and chips in us, whatever stew was going on, and a belly full of Guinness, a little bit of whiskey going on. And finally, the boys show up, and... Uh, they're getting banging around. A guy's got a squeeze box. The other's got a guitar that kind of looks like Willie Nelson's trigger. It's just been hit so hard with the, the way they play, and it's really impressive to see. But one of the guys, his name was James, leans over and he goes, See, where are you boys from? I said, uh, we're, we're from Texas. And he goes, Oh, you Texas boys. You got the guns, you got the oil, you got horses, and George Bush. And we're like, Yeah, that's that's." The, that's the t- <laughs> wow. Your, your Irish impression is very impressive. Well, his mother is. I grew up with it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're sitting there, and he, he's like, oh, I love hunting. I just don't get to do it enough. Because in Ireland, you can own farms, but they're regulated. And uh, pretty much the regulations they have on it force people out of even owning them. So if you have one... Same way that we have our concealed handgun license, or used to have to get one, but you have to re-register every three years. So even owning one becomes just a pain in the ass, enough to where you just, eh, the hell with it. So mm-hmm. most of your your farmers and everything outside of a city in Ireland is farm, basically. And uh, so your, your ranchers will have farms traditionally, and there's it's a really big gaming thing. Even hunting out there, sportsman-wise, duck hunting, even in Scotland. I think y'all mentioned that on the previous podcast. Yeah, for it, red stag and red duck stag hunting. And the fallow bucks. The fallow. The big, fat fallow. <laughs> so <laughs> we're sitting there with and James, and he's like, oh, I love hunting. Just don't do it enough. Uh, I had the opportunity with my dad a few, few years ago over here at Phoenix Park. 
they have a they have an issue with their fallow buck. There's thousands of them, thousands. I tell, and they eat, they shit, they devastate, just awful. <laughs> so he <laughs> said. So uh, what they do is they do a purge, and if you get the idea of kind of like, well, you've seen the purge, <laughs> yeah, the, the movie, the movie, <laughs> the movie. Yeah. and. Uh, so you get appointed to it. It's kind of a volunteer effort to try to, and you know, we, we talk about this and y'all kind of poked on it up with management on the other stuff. It's necessary. It's necessary to have captivity uh, numbers, or I say captivity uh, bag numbers for things to, to manage. But also if you're managing too much, you end up having uh, and, and just too many. And then you start seeing the effects from it. So. What they end up doing is, he says, so we're standing arm in arm. We're working our way across, and Phoenix Park is 1,750 acres, so it's a lot of grass. Yeah. And they're pushing all these guys across, and we push them up against the wall, and then we just shoot them. He's like, that's fucking amazing. I love fucking hunting. <laughs> and, and he goes, do you reckon how many we shot? I was like, I don't know, 50, 60? No, over 300. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, <laughs> 300 fallow buck, man. I was like, man, that, that is some management there. And he goes, that wasn't even half of them. And it just, the, his excitement and it just, you know, it, it, you, don't, you don't focus with people or know that the, the cultures of people anywhere you go and you think about what we have here and do we take it for granted? No, we got a lot of freedoms here and it's, uh, it's really impressive to know that, but I mean, my cousins, they hunt, they shoot foxes and they have to manage around and stuff, but also fishing is a really big thing over there, fly fishing and game fishing off the coast. It's really impressive stuff. So uh, another cool story of this night that just will go on forever as being one of the best nights I ever had in Ireland, but on the trip, especially with eight guys and everybody's just having a good time. Same guy, James. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's what's called pub crawls. We've all heard of pub crawls, and uh, it started working in about 10:30 or so. And uh, there, you know, he's already established us as the Texas Bears. I, there are bears in Texas, but that's he's just. Yeah, I think he was looking at my buddy Matt Frott, and he's like, "You're a fucking bear, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're huge." And he's just a big burly guy. And anyway, so we're the Texas Bears, and this pub crawl comes through, and. Uh, James leans over and he goes, you sir there, you, you yank over there, I see you, you're wearing a, a Yankees cap, so you're definitely a, a, a yank for sure, but where are you from? And he said, we're from USA, <laughs> and anybody that's outside of Texas, when you go away, where are you from? Where are you from, Porter? Oh, I'm from fucking Texas. That's right, it's world renowned, it's uh. It's just one of those things that uh, you can have pride, and there's Texas pride, and it's also a Texas pride beer. <laughs> yes. But uh, it's one of those things that you, you, you take with you anywhere you go anywhere. It's kind of like your calling card. It's, you can be one somewhere. But it, it's, And what helps Texas is the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Just People mm-hmm. know it just for the way it looks. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's unlike size, anything else. How big, how it, big it is. Yeah, well, everything, here. yeah, damn. Everything's bigger right. in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> everything's just so much longer. Yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas. The roads are definitely longer here. Ford, built Ford tough. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, he's working around, and he's like, you there, where, where are you from? And then he's like, we're from Sweden. 
and this and that and this and that. And he goes around. There's probably about 60 people in this this upstairs of this pub, and it's hopping pretty good. These guys are playing some jam-up music. And he moves around to the last guy, and he goes, can you believe in this one Irish pub here in the middle of fucking Dublin, there's not one fucking Irish person in this pub? What the hell is the world coming to? We got the Irish bears here, the, the Irish bears here, and the rest of the world, so it's time for a yell off. And the he ends Irish up saying, bears, the Texas bears? The Texas bears. And uh, so we have this yell off. He's going to be the Texas Bears over here and the rest of the world. So, rah, rah. And he goes back and forth a handful of times and he goes, I don't know, Karen. I think the Texas Bears take it. And it's like, it's us eight guys sitting there just, you know, giving it our left testicle worth of yelling. And <laughs> it just so happens that one of our friends, Kyle, on that trip, which I've been around the world with Kyle on pretty much every trip, and uh, he actually. He put a little ink on him from that trip. He actually, if you ever see his arm, he's got a grizzly from a grizzly snuff can tattooed on his arm and colored in with the Texas flag. That, Anybody that's that, something I can respect. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about bears, Texas. I mean, we got deer, we got bears, but they're you know it's not a it's not it's, a majority. Yeah, min- minuscule. Like <laughs> I would say, we're in the bottom percentage of right. having bears compared to anybody up north it's the one that's got lost from colorado and took a you know a train downtown yeah, and they <laughs> went through albuquerque and then ended up fucking in, out here yeah yeah i mean they used to be prominent here i know they tried to reintroduce them in the area but uh to see somebody that has a bear on his arm and in the texas flag i mean there's something behind that yeah it's a the, uh, the it was, texas bears yeah it's a pretty cool story for uh for at least you know, memory. But yeah. that, that night was one of them things where we went home and or went back to the, the hostel. It was actually a really nice hostel. And uh, it was like, if we went home today, we, it would actually be a successful trip because <laughs> we were just, you know. Now, talking about big trips and doing exotic things, I think Tanner's actually got a pretty big trip planned for Disney, correct? Am <laughs> <laughs> I lying? I mean, we're going to Disney soon, or you are? Yeah, me and my wife. That'll we're be going, We're going, taking a Disney trip and. September. That'll be a badass. That's a <laughs> pretty solid trip, I guess. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be a pretty asshole. Awesome for <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's making fun. What's he going to be doing? Yeah, what the hell is he going to be doing? <laughs> Nothing. Jack I'm, shit. I'm sitting on his ass at his house in Port Natchez. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in Hampshire by then. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't going to be doing dick. You're over <laughs> here at least enjoying yourself. You'll be sitting there like I'll be in Destin, Florida in August and then. Disney, Orlando, Florida in September, so we, fuck off. We all don't have uh, fuck you money like Tanner does, <laughs> though, do we, Porter? No. No, that's when I go to Florida, I call all my people I know out there to be like, got anything free? Because <laughs> you saw that I was with old Piker the other day. Yeah. Rowdy yeah, Robbie. No, it's, it's crazy where where the, the tangents go. You got somebody in low places everywhere you go, or maybe they're high places. I, it depends on the crowd you're with, for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, you, you, know, you know Piker more than... Probably anybody yeah, besides up down the street. Rip- and he's a brother. He's a, yeah. he's one of the, one of our dudes for sure, and served our our fair country for yes during Afghanistan. He's a good good guy. He's a bad dude, dude. He is a bad dude. I wouldn't fuck with him for sure. So I do get a lot of questions whenever it does come to like talking about travel, especially in groups like that. Uh, well, how do you do? Where do you start? And you just go. Uh, there's not a whole lot of thought about it. Kind of like I, I, I've never jumped on an alligator, but I imagine it's that type of thought of just do it. Because right. if you don't, you never will. Yeah. And there's a lot more out there than Southeast Texas. Now, my home is here. My heart's in the mountains somewhere out there. But uh, 
it's just this where we're at is one of the best places it's provided for my family for generations it's allowed me to go and do all the things that i continue to do and then it produces some pretty cool guys out of the whole process i i haven't it's it's amazing i'm very grateful to be on this podcast talking with you guys (laughs) well hell yeah brother I just so the the Ireland trip with the guys that was the first of many. I'm, we don't have to go into every single one, but that was like your turning point. It was so good that we did it again in 2014. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean nothing. Well, I'm I'm sure something crazy. No, Kyle broke his neck. Oh, <laughs> the it, first night, nine the fir- hours in country. Kyle decides to go down a double roundabout staircase and. Uh, was a little drunk and his teeter totter went down and he fell a whole flight of stairs onto the next level. You know how there's a landing in between where? Yeah. Popped right there. And then Frot runs up to me and he was like, dude, Kyle just fell down the stairs. I was like, well, is his ankle hurt? And he goes, no, he like, he's hurt. <laughs> and it just so happens. He broke his fucking neck. I broke his fucking neck. <laughs> well, Jesus. come to find out there was a surveillance camera standing directly in front of that landing right there and the next day before we left out and we had to catch a train uh we went to the surveillance the people at the desk and said hey we we got something to ask one of our friends fell down the stairs last night and i think it's going to be kind of funny can you search the you know the log make sure theirs was a little bit hours off or whatnot but sure enough we're riding through nobody on the stairs and all of a sudden it's just like And it was rough. I mean, you talk about a guy that looked like he folded up like a lawn chair, and he fell 20 feet on his head. He's lucky. That's all that happened. And he walked away. (sighs) Mostly. We had to carry his bag (laughs) for the rest of the trip because I think he also broke his shoulder, too. It was rough. And I think he he ended up going to the chiropractor some years later, and the chiropractor's like, "Uh, did you ever have an accident where you may have broke your neck? And he was like, no, well, there was this one time I fell off the stairs, and you know, but that's a uh, that's so he Kyle. didn't go to the doctor, so he didn't actually know no, his neck actually, was broken. No. Wow. No, I actually sat in a chair with him in the shower. So we were in a hostel, and they have like a community shower. And I sat a chair, and I I knew he had an alien growing out of the side of his head, and like I can't let this guy go to bed not on my watch. And he was moaning and groaning. It was rough. It was one of those things that you know, as dad. I didn't want to see yeah. that. You're more like the stepdad at that point. <laughs> yeah, didn't uh, do. What do I do for insurance here? We're in the middle of basically nowhere, but in a city. But I, I don't know what to do. You know, I felt like, you know, Ricky Bobby. I, I just, you know, hands. <laughs> what do I do with this? Do I bring him to the hospital? Do we ruin our trip? Or, thanks, Kyle. But it ended up working out. It was it was really good. I ended up going to Thailand with Kyle. Another interesting story. That is the one that that. <laughs> And I'm so mad because I was, I got asked to go on that, I got asked to go on that trip and it was like right after I'd met Doug and he was like, bro, you're cool. Come to Thailand with us. Like, dude, fuck. Like I had literally had used all my vacation up. I was like, and now I should have just said fuck it and just not took payment and gone. Right. Honestly. Well, you never get your money back, but bring back a lot of memories that are priceless i, I mean y'all were there for two weeks yeah that's for, the way you gotta and do it, it cost y'all a grand a thousand to go a thousand to blow and i mean a thousand dollars in thailand that's like bar buying the bar drinks and dinner with a tip well, well and like me, 50 bucks this is fast forward we'll go back to it but y'all literally stayed where the hangover to the yeah 
Like where they stayed in that penthouse in Bangkok, yeah. y'all stayed in that same. Yeah. Ship. Well, we didn't stay in that hotel, but we we went to the top of that and did that that top pavilion. It was, yeah. It was a it's cool experience. Uh, drinks at least were cool for being up there. They were that was the most expensive drinks that we had while we were there. But Probably two dollars, twenty for oh. a beer. But it's you know, and then everywhere else is dirt poor. Like seventy cents. Seventy cents. Wow. Yeah. Three dollars would would be a running. You you could do three dollars for a, a bowl of or a pad thai and, and a beer. But uh, the focus that was actually Doug's trip. I walked in on him uh, kind of planning it and. Uh, I was like, hey, that's a pretty picture there. And he goes, yeah, Thailand. I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, I'm thinking about going. You want to go? I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I, I think I do. He had a really good friend that uh, is a flight attendant that had been around the majority of the world and was feeding him info and had pretty much kind of like what I do whenever I plan my trips. I'm uh, very strategic with logistics and everything. He pretty much had it out. I was confident with it, didn't know where it was, thought there would be a language barrier. Don't let ever that be an issue of your reasoning for not going somewhere. You've been to Denmark, and you know that it... Everybody speaks English. That's over there, so I'm going to give everybody credit everywhere else but America. Y'all are way smarter than us. (laughs) Because I met a a guy one night at a bar. It was a dude. His name was Alexander Saronson. I'm going to mispronounce it, but I'm going to say Saronson was like his last name, the way it... There's a J, too many S's. But his dad owned the bar, but he was there. It was called the Irish Irish Pub in Copenhagen, Denmark. And we started talking. We're, me and Delaney were the only two in there. And he made us drinks all night, free of charge. Super cool. And so we just started talking. He was like 18. Like he had just graduated high school. And I was like, so like, you're very fluent in English. He goes, I'm fluent in five languages. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, no, like English is what we learn in second grade. <laughs> he goes, you learn like Danish, you know, from when you're born, then you hit kindergarten and it's like, okay, you start learning something else. Then you start learning something. He's like, I, I, I knew fluid English by third grade. So then he knew Spanish. Then he knew Danish. And, and then he knew like French. And I was like, I, Uno. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, we bitch about having to learn Spanish in high school. Yeah. yeah we're <laughs> fucking dumb, dude. People over there learn, but. Not trying to interrupt you. I just no, no, no. Yeah, they. Everyone you, knows English. Yeah, and you prove a good point. Well, especially in in Europe in general, there's a, a river between a lot of those countries, and that river makes the difference between a language. I mean, literally, France and Spain are right next to each other, and then right next to that is Germany, and then Italy, and yeah, all of them are. It's just like us with uh, Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have the Sabine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You go from talking like us to yeah, that is true. I think that's one thing I, I do like about Southeast Texas, and I think that you had mentioned uh, probably in a previous podcast was uh, how diverse we are. We have the, you know, the Kunas uh, Cajun style. We also have Tex-Mex. I mean, some of the best food you have is in our area. It's in our blood. It's, it's such a wonderful thing, and I know the way that you guys, whatever you cooked earlier today, was that yellowfin tuna? Yes. <laughs> Man. Outstanding. One of the best. Outstanding meal. Velvet. Wow. It was. You're welcome. (laughs) Freshly caught. Awesome. Yeah. But that's. Well, yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. Keep talking about it. I I I just. We had some nice yellowfin tuna, you know. You know, just normal everyday meals over here in Southeast Texas. But freshly caught, just got off the boat from three days. And I was like, man, we're having a podcast this Sunday. Left a 
couple of fillets out, never touched the freezer, just fresh as shit. Straight off the fish's ass. Never been frozen. Just fresh. Never touch um, never touch water. Never touch I mean, clean in a bag, straight into your mouth. That was it. And that was fantastic. Yeah, you can't you put what, a number on it. Just just that little I didn't eat the raw shit you made, but the fret just the <laughs> uh, It was it was just, better raw than the sashimi than the sashimi just, was no, fantastic. Just the little sear you did on the ones you served me, I mean, incredible. Yeah, I, and I, ten seconds, ten seconds, ten seconds, because they're usually like a triangle, so just Salt, pepper, then just the center. The center is raw, just like the yeah, sashimi. I, I know, but it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, I prefer it seared. But I'll eat it raw. But the seared is is damn good. Yeah, that it definitely wasn't a bad meal Not by no good. means. Word from our sponsors, real quick. Snuff cup spittoons. They're just fan fucking tastic. Honestly, sealable. Spit in it. You had a can of snuff, put it in that thing. Machine washable. Great. Another shout out to Beersy. Uh, they make these little silicone sleeves that fit over your cold beer. Uh, they feel great in the hand. They're really funny. This one says bleach on it, so I really <laughs> like it. Is it, Clor- <laughs> is it Clorox? I don't know. It just says bleach. That, that is definitely Clorox. Yeah, yeah, it's so. like definitely uh, a clean look. Yeah, that. I mean, it looks like it just keeps kind of got that like '80s look to it. Yeah. That's fantastic. And then always Floyd Fabrication, the guy that made the sign, the guy that makes our hats, makes all the – this right here, this is brand new on his head, Floyd. Appreciate you, bud. So, <laughs> he's a damn good some gun. But anyway, just had to give them all a shout-out real quick. Take a nice sip of that. Slanja. So, let's bounce back into some of your travel stories, Jonathan. Yeah. Where were we? We were in uh, – we're Thailand. Yeah, uh, we're just traveling 19 hours by plane. Yeah. 14 hours to Tokyo, and then another six or so into Bangkok. And then from there, we went over to Koh Samui, which is an island off the east side of Thailand. And it would be me, Douglas Morrison, which I'm sure you all know of Doug. Yes. Yeah, that's some <laughs> bitch. Know of Doug. And at the time, Doug was living with Kyle, so it just ended up being... You know, the Three Stooges going over there and just kind of letting life flow. I, there, when, when, the, when the canvas is blank, you just fill it. And, you know, it's one thing to get over there. A lot of people think, oh, what's the flight over there? And it's like it's almost 24 hours. But it's kind of like a little speed bump before the best fucking time you ever had. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's not it's not expensive. It's easy to live. The people are so kind. And then it's just easy living. If you want to go offshore fishing, they have incredible sportsman fishing out there, diving. Some of the best diving out there, uh, Koh Tao, which means turtle, and uh, is right off of Koh Samui, is like the number five of clarity. So if you're into diving, uh, did you did you go with Michael? No. no. Nope. Uh, but diving in general, that was kind of one of our plans to go diving while we were over there, but Kyle, instead of breaking his neck this time, ended up getting lost. We went to the famous... Lost. Like, he <laughs> physically hangover got lost. We thought he was gone. For like, gone. Yeah, and Thailand, this, and just, this is a place that if you stole an apple from, like, a random side, like, just a stand out in the middle of the street, 
They're cutting your arm off. <laughs> Just not that bad, but yeah, there's some <laughs> repercussions. You don't want to be bad in Thailand for sure. But uh, in this case, y'all might have heard of what's called the full moon party. And there was a movie called The Beach came out, I don't know, 10 years ago. It was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, and it kind of put Thailand on the map for a place to go to, you know, really afford to do whatever you wanted to do. You can drink beer, smoke pot, eat mushrooms, whatever you want to do, and have a good time. It's just uh, kind of like what you do in Costa Rica. It's Pura Vida. It just, it's uh, good times, and it's cheap. For a nickel. For a, yeah, nothing. For, for us, anyway. And uh, we went to what's called the... The full moon party, which it was actually the year of the super moon, which it was such a cool sight. That that moon was just this orb, and it took up the whole sky. How often does the super moon happen? I don't know. So let's just say something. Once every 173 years. Okay. So y'all heard it here. 173-year party. Yes. And to add on top of that, the king of Thailand had just passed away. So they actually have a, like a six-week mourning. No music, no fun, just wearing flowers and black stuff uh, in honor of the king. And we showed up right there at the end of it. So there was a this kind of, I guess, period of silence. Everybody was kind of dull. You know, like, we're supposed to be at a place where it's supposed to be, you know, kind of hopping. But they're like, oh, yeah, don't understand. It's, you know, king's dead and we're, we're in mourning. Oh, cool. Well, I guess we'll just kind of, is the full moon party still going to happen? They're like, oh, they'll probably turn some music up. Boy, did they. They have these things called buckets there. And uh, the full moon party is just off the coast of uh, Koh Samui. It's called Koh Panyang. And uh, is basically uh, very primitive by comparison of anything you could think of. Minimal electricity, just enough to get the job done. In fact, we had an $8 uh, condo that we stayed in and it was pretty much a wooden shack you could see through the floor it was just enough to go have a badass time and fall asleep and then catch the boat out like everybody else some people slept in trees or you can be like Kyle and you sleep on rocks so apparently in the process of this full moon party which it gets pretty radical you got uh anything you can think of that's going on uh as far as the the contraband and paraphernalias that's going on and naked women <sighs> buddy yes there's uh there's a little bit of nudity and <laughs> body paint and body paint and nudity and black lights and <laughs> coming from every direction and uh, Kyle got lost very early on. I don't think the full moon party had actually started yet, but he was already starting his own party somewhere else. And uh, it did get... A different know, dimension, probably. I think he was on the back of Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we didn't know. Uh, that was just kind of one of those things that, you know, you can have that happen at a bar and it, whatever happenstances it was. Uh, we were kind of hanging out on the beach slowly, this crowd starting to get closer and closer, and then it was just incredible. But then we were like, you seen Kyle? No, I hadn't seen Kyle. He said he was going to go get a drink, and he just hadn't come back. But now he's starting to blend in with everybody else because it's dark now. And, uh, you know, night goes on, and I'm, I'm starting to get kind of worried. I'm, it's kind of getting into my vibe a little bit of, I got somebody I care about that I haven't seen in a little while. He might be talking to a girl over there. Or he could be, who knows? So... 
A night goes on. We had a badass time. They have these things called buckets there. So you imagine your little pail that you're playing on at Crystal Beach and making sandcastles with where you get that. They fill it with a Red Bull. And by mind you, their Red Bull over there has amphetamines in it. <laughs> Not this just full of guarine and sugar like mm. you do here. So you're talking about no, 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 Like 1982 <laughs> Coca-Cola kind of shit. Well, like, Red Bull is actually from Thailand. It was originally a, a like a, a herbal drink that they... Anyway, it, it, it's got it's got some go to it for sure. But mm. uh, so they have that, and in your bucket, you get a bucket of ice, that Red Bull, and the whole bottle of whatever alcohol you're choosing from. So it's and a straw that's like bigger than your Jack in the Box, your typical bigger than your anus, just giant. Your anus, your anus, the planet, right? Yes, the planet. <laughs> so. Uh, the buckets are great and they're cheap. It's like three bucks for this. Uh, you're you're, you're going to be on you know D Day soon. But so the day goes on, night goes on, I should say. And the next morning we wake up. We were supposed to go to Koh Tao to go scuba diving, and uh, they apparently have this place called the Treehouse there that has uh, some of the finest mushroom shakes. Apparently, and you're you just sit in a hammock and stare at awesomeness. Apparently, and. Well, I never got to do that, and I had never done mushrooms before, so it was going to be kind of my enlightening process of... And that would have been fantastic. <laughs> Buddy, it would have, Bro. but something, uh, the fungus among us type thing, but we, we didn't make it, and it's because Kyle was still misplaced, and... So y'all put up wanted signs, right? Like... We didn't know what to, we were about to leave the island without him. It was, uh, I say, without him intentionally. We were supposed to go. We had time to do this, and this boat doesn't go there every day. So it's kind of like, this is really critical. He may be here forever. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Pad Thai, uh, you know, but uh, daily, and he, he could have lived for a little bit. But I had his wallet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would have been getting a job, boy. Dad had his wallet and his phone, so he had no way of contacting me. This is where it kind of starts getting to be the worry wart. Did you mine. have a fanny pack? No, I had a really nice backpack. Though. Okay, okay. Doug had a really nice backpack, too, and he was kind of had his GoPro sticking out and kind of running through. Well, someone snagged the GoPro, so all that footage didn't, uh, didn't make it to the press. And he was kind of upset about that. I would have been too, because it was a lot of really cool shit going on before we were there. But uh, the next morning, Doug and I are sitting, kind of going over our heavy head, and uh, all of a sudden I get a, a message notification on my phone, and I'm like, "Who is? We'll just call it Gail. Who is Gail?" And I, you know, Facebook, go back and look. Oh, look, this person was in Thailand yesterday. So I might have run into this person. I didn't think I got so shitheaded that uh, I didn't remember, a, you know, a person. But I ended up accepting their friend request. And the next thing I get, where are you at, dingus? I was like, Gail is calling me dingus. <laughs> Kyle calls me dingus. I was like, who is this? This is Kyle, dumbass. And I was like, Kyle, Kyle, where where the hell are you? I, I where's you know? Why is he calling you the dumbass? First off, I don't know, like, but apparently he uh, he found himself cozied up in a set of rocks where apparently he took a nap for some time and probably missed most of the party, but uh, ended up uh, being next to a woman where he woke up and he was petting her leg. And, I mean, that, that was an interesting story in itself. No understanding why, but I, I can imagine what would make you want to pet something. 
uh, in in the the Honest. realm of <laughs> realm of things. Yeah. But it so happens that they were on the other side of the island, and he's like, I don't know where we're at. We we took like a this little they have like these tuck tuck things, and it looks kind of like a, a horse drawn buggy, but it's a a motorcycle at the front and uh, kind of like a little buggy at the back, kind of like a taxi cab, but you get the idea. And uh, this was like a six-seater one. And he said, well, we're on the other side of the island, and the person who's driving the tuk-tuk to the back towards y'all isn't leaving for a little bit. So he's like, you, you, aren't they hireable? You just go. And he's like, yeah, but he ain't moving. So we're <laughs> like, well, when are you going to be there? He's like, I guess whenever. The island's like maybe a mile across. You could walk it in an hour or less probably. I mean, it's up and down and hilly and stuff but you know if you can't make a mile in an hour then right a Jesus mile an hour, literally. fuck kyle well at that <clears throat> point in time he had worn uh chacos and uh apparently hadn't broke them in yet so he had this huge blister that was running in between his toes so he was walking around everywhere like daffy duck and then in the process of this gets lost and it just you know, it just worst case, break your neck in Ireland, you get lost in Thailand. He has a great story about it. I'm sure it was great for him, but man, being dad over here. And then he walked up. We were sitting at this place called The Rocks. Me and Doug just sitting there kind of waiting around, thinking about all the diving we could have done. And here comes Kyle walking up. He's like, hey, guys, what's up? And I was like, see you guys later. And I went, took a nap, and I slept for 12 hours. I missed 12 hours of my day because – of all the fatigue of that, but everything was pretty much good after that. But full moon party, that was uh, definitely a memorable experience. Go if you have the chance. Absolutely. And just in, in general. Uh, the other thing that travel for me is kind of like today is cuisine. I am a foodie. I will eat absolute. There is not one thing that you could put here in front of me. I heard it said on the last podcast. I will raise the bar. I will eat absolutely anything you put here. As long as it's in a form of preparation that will not kill you, I might even give it a chance. But if it, it is edible and that's how they do it somewhere else, uh, I'm, I'm... Well, you ate a live squid, huh? Like, I've had squid, ants, scorpion, all different kinds of things. I, that, that's one of those things. Street meats in general is just something else. Until you have it, you have it. Street meats. That's what Mitchell calls himself. <laughs> <laughs> You want some of this street meat? I don't know how to. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how to respond. To that. That's fine. You don't Did have you to. Did you say sweet or street? I said street. <laughs> I ain't calling them sweet by no means. But uh, so, and I mean, we can sit here and talk for hours. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. About anything about this, but I know you're one of your big uh, and one last one, and I believe you did it with your your married now and yeah, yeah. you're expecting a child and yep. you know congratulations on that deal thank but you so you much did, we're ready i'll bet so yeah six yeah. six weeks out you said yeah you got about yeah. 40 44 days i mean yeah. i haven't seen colleen but i imagine she's probably like a balloon just yep. like anybody else that's the six day weeks she out. pops i become a pop and we'll be all good yeah you'll actually be dad i'll actually be dad i can live up but, to it and i got this little pocket book I got full of dad jokes I've been waiting to use for years. But I know Colleen, she uh, y'all travel a lot, but like y'all started, one of y'all's first ones was y'all's Europe. Yeah, right? we went to Italy. Colleen actually spent a year after she graduated A&M and wasn't ready to go directly into the workforce and figured, hey, I'll be an au pair for a little bit. And uh, she went and lived in, in Italy and it started out as a bad experience and then it turned into a really good one. She was with a family that uh, wasn't really... I guess, dedicated to actually doing what she was supposed to do. And then 
one of her friends that she met in the process of that uh, said, hey, I'm heading out. Love this family. You need to go with them. And boom, it hit it off. She met all these great people. And I mean, that's what it is. Uh, it, it, all the stuff that you take in, all the stuff that you meet along the way, that's part of the process that makes it so beautiful, so perfect, and makes the experience. I, it just There's never anything that uh, you can take away from it that is bad unless you make it bad for yourself or you know and if you get a flat tire or something like that but it's just it's it's always going to be a a progressive thing you're learning you you take you pick up by the end of it i was like do a cappuccino por favore you know just picking up the the simple things of you know people appreciate that you know if you're in if you're in thailand you say so any cop so any cop and you know do the way thing and it just they they smile that that means hello good morning so oh okay Sawadi just means like. I good thought day. I thought you were saying street meat. Street meat. <laughs> I could have. It's not like getting a you know a tribal tattoo and there's like it actually says you're an idiot or something like that. But you, you didn't know, get um, you didn't get a tattoo from Thailand. I did. There it is, right there. I actually drew up this uh, on a napkin. <laughs> and what it is, my wife. The reason why we went to Thailand the second time, so I could remember. <laughs> And two, my wife is really big about elephants. That's her spirit animal. So she wanted to just be uh, immersed with them, not riding them and everything, because that's actually frowned upon, but just being around them and understand them and just be in Thailand at the same time. But I kind of, you can't probably see it from there, but what it is is from far, it's one elephant, but close up, it's two elephants with their heads together and their trunks are wrapped around and kind of the symbolism of two become one. It just got married. And this was done with bamboo, bamboo tattoo. So if you imagine you got machines going through, and that's actually deforms your skin cells. This bad boy right here, it took about two hours for them to do it. And it's not very detailed, but for the fact that this guy was sitting there just poke, 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 went over to the ink blot, poke, 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 poke. It looked almost like a, a chopstick. And, I mean, see, look at a little... Not bad, but a lot of people, are, oh, doesn't that hurt? And it's like, well, tattoos hurt. I mean, in a, in a sense, it's a, a, a range of pain, but no. It actually, not only does it not hurt the way you would think of it, it feels like more like somebody just kind of pinching you a little bit, but the, uh, the recovery. So that's what we're like, well, and, and this is because I didn't do it whenever Kyle and Bug, Bug, Doug both did it while they were in Thailand the first or the time before. And Doug got this really cool dirty pelican because that's his <laughs> spirit animal. Yeah. What like, do I want? It's like so Texas. The brown, like not the white pelican everybody sees, <laughs> that, that that one that you see on the corner, and you're like, ah. Oh, yeah. That pelican eats french fries <laughs> off the ferry. <laughs> like that thing's getting thrown Cheetos. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the dirty pelican. And Kyle got, uh, I think, a yellow rose for the yellow rose of Texas, which is a pretty cool thing. He's got kind of a Texas theme going on, and Doug just kind of, launched one in but the cool thing about it because there is no deformation of the skin cells on there it's nearly healed by the time it's done so the guy when you ask how long it takes for what do i need to do for process he said no just you know lubricate and uh, no water for 24 hours you're like that's it no no shower he said just no soap just 24 hours whereas the whole process of a machine tattoo you have to put jelly on it and cover it up and yeah. keep it kind of lubrication smuckers jelly uh, smuckers jelly, jelly. Yeah. Smucker. <laughs> you mentioned uh you did some traveling to europe uh i actually knew a uh foreign exchange student from europe by the name of untgrad 
German? No, it's actually off a movie. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was funny though. No, it was good. You had me. You had me. I was like, oh, interesting. What what, what do we got going? This is like <laughs> Umkrad. But so you did. So with Colleen, you did the. Yeah, it was Italy. Yeah, she became mom on that trip for me because it was finally a trip that I got to just chill. But like the coolest part about that whole trip that you did with that was you. What what car what kind of car did you rent and just drove around like a fucking baller? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that was one of my brother and I's dreams growing up that we would go over to like Italy or uh, Monaco or Monte Carlo and rent a sports car and just I don't care if the road was ten miles long if it had some curves in it we can go there and back send them back the keys and say we fucking did it. So uh, we went from Rome. She lived in Rome for a little bit and our our trip went from Rome and we went to Florence. And Florence, beautiful town. Uh, the food there, just incredible. The pizza, oh god, it just I'm 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 seeing it in my mind pizza right now. Pizza in, right? And yeah, Little Caesars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was hey, it hot and ready? I will tell it you was. this before you go on. Yeah, I go, do go, go. enjoy a Little Caesars pizza. Five dollars, hot and ready, hard to beat. That's why he enjoys them because they're five dollars. <laughs> Especially with that the cheapest bastard right on the planet, <laughs> right there. Nothing wrong with saving a little money and getting a quality pizza at the same time. <laughs> if you ask me. It does say real cheese on the box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. box is made out of real cheese. <laughs> no, I would say that uh, I know that in, in that trip, uh, I know a big piece of uh, Italy is in my wife's heart, and uh, it. It, I got a piece of it in mind now, too. It definitely was a new respect, especially watching her kind of, you know, because even if you say if you go to Ireland, you, Italy, you, you learn a way of speaking with people, and it, it kind of has a, a rhythm, a da-da, da-da, or this. Spaghetti. It's not spaghetti. It's spaghetti. And, you know, just it, it's those things that you pick up along the way. We sat in front of this one place where the lady's actually sitting there. They're rolling out the dough, and they're chopping up the actual pasta right there in front of you. They throw it in a steam pot. Boom, it's on your fucking plate. Oh, the taste. <laughs> oh, it was... Uh, it Made was, you uh, horny? More than a limp noodle, for sure. <laughs> but uh, we did do this opportunity. I, I had planned on doing this Tuscany drive, which is called uh, the R222 that goes between Florence and Siena. And uh, we go up to the, the Hertz rent-a-car or whatever it is, and I had planned for or the rental of a Fiat 500, which is this little egg of a car. It looks like a Volkswagen Beetle, kind of. Not very machismo, but a. It was, uh, it was the ability I got in a manual transmission because I wanted to rip stick all the way through those hills and everything. And the lady goes, you, you go for just a day? I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, you have no luggage? I said, no, ma'am. And she said, you take the Roadster. And I, huh? Yeah, you take the roaster. It's a beautiful day. You go and you take the top down, you and your wife, you, you, you go on the roaster. I said, well, I mean, what is the roaster? She said, it's a spider. I said, okay. Well, I mean, what, what kind of money are we talking about here? And I think it was $50 to rent the 500, the Fiat 500. And she said, it's only 30 euro more. I said, fuck, to drive a sports car? My ultimate dream? I mean, it's like a 200 horsepower sports car, but... You don't have to have a whole lot of speed to feel good when you got that stick in your hand, and then you're just, eh. But if you have the opportunity to ever take the R222 through Tuscany, uh, I mean, the vineyards, and, I mean, you guys like wine, so uh, yes. at least Porter does. I know he had a big goblet of it last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and it was just a quick trip. It's, it's hard to uh, drink and drive over there for sure. But one good thing to your advantage is uh, they do drive on the right side of the road. So it was like home. It wasn't like uh, when we were driving through Scotland or anything like that where I'm over trying to figure that one out. But, hey, I try to get the experience everywhere that I go, and that was it. But you got had a few shots along the way of taking photo, uh, photos. My wife's a photographer, so she's got the editing down and everything like that. And, and it really made my day. It was, uh, I mean, the trips was awesome in general, but that was one of those things that uh, and, until you actually do one of your dream things. Like, you know, y'all were talking about yours going down and shooting in Argentina. That was always really high on my list. But when you actually do it and you're there and you get to put that notch in the belt. That was, there's yeah, that was talking about my uncle who went. I will do it one day, yeah. but he just went and well, did it. Well, that's what I meant. I was saying when yeah. you actually yeah. do do it, it's just one of those things. Right. I know that it's there when you do it, when you get there, and then you can taste it, you can smell it, you can feel it. You got the sore shoulder from shooting the shotgun. You got the infected thumb from pulling out all the ah. I just I, that that kind of fired me up. Infected thumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean that's just a taste. I mean. I'm sure we're going to end up having you more on this podcast on talking about trips and shit, but what I want to start getting into, I know this will be a little bit, but so you're, you're a YouTuber yourself. I actually just surpassed 10,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. And, uh, that is really wild because I never would have thought myself as being a YouTuber. This is what a, a, a unexpected 10,000 YouTuber looks like guy sitting with these guys. <laughs> but uh no it's actually been a really cool experience uh what and it's called it's called gator overland and it just so happens to go along with bayou dragons what are the, the irony and everything gators bayou dragons i i love it but it seemed more fitting than it should have spirit animal <laughs> so uh gator overland the reason why it's called gator overland i am from southeast texas and gators are in the area in fact i live directly behind gator country which if you ever threw I-10 between Beaumont and Houston, rock it, because they have more lizards. They're not lot lizards, but more lizards than you can shake a stick at. Some might actually let you shake a stick at them, but they got other reptiles. They even got a little fun park with a, a little water splash thing, but, uh, and they have semi-decent food. It's not bad if you don't have any food in the fridge. But even so, Gator Overland, uh, I ended up starting my YouTube a couple years ago, and with not the plan of even turning anything into it, but uh, I had just moved out to Finette, and I have an English Mastiff that's just shy of 200 pounds, Leary, and a crazy, angry Australian Shepherd named Nigel. And they needed to be locked up for sure, uh, at least for the fact of not scaring people with a 200-pound dog, but the other dog that would chase after anybody that's in the street. So I needed to come up. I just put all my capital down on the house. You know what's going on with all that. Mm. Buying $5 hot and ready's. But uh, oh, yeah. I couldn't even buy a $5 hot and ready at that point in time. I had unfortunately just bought this Chevelle. And then this house came to market. And I was like, well, shit, all my beans went over there. And now I have a few beans to put over there. We'll figure it out. Well, I don't have the Chevelle anymore. <laughs> but uh, we ended up, I needed this fence. And I started plotting it out. And it was like, it's about 200 feet, and the going rate at the time, this was pre-COVID, 2018, and it was about $19, $20 a foot for a plank fence. But I grew up in Sour Lake, and we were a no-fence subdivision, and you could roam free, and I liked it. It was uh, it's kind of 
why we're here, where we're living in Finette area. You don't need a fence. You can see your neighbor. Wait, just don't pee their direction, you know? So uh, I wanted a fence, but I also didn't want to take away uh, from the view. I didn't want to be private. I wanted to feel the wind and everything like that. So I came up uh, with an idea with uh, my father-in-law, and he got this idea to do a, a dado, which is this little groove in the wood. And uh, it's frowned upon by a lot of wood makers, but I don't care. I needed a fence, and I needed it cheap, and I need 207 feet. Well, I was able to do this fence for $8 a foot instead of $20 a foot for someone to come out and do it. And actually doing a plank fence would have been about 17 or so. So I, uh, you know, I did 207 feet for about 1700 bucks, And I was very thin on money at that point in time, painting the house and this and that. It, it sucks moving into a house, especially if you... <laughs> then you got to fill it with shit. <laughs> a lot of shit. So it's a, it was a learning experience for sure. And then Colleen and I, we weren't married yet, but that, that was a, a process of development. You know, we were, I think we're two years in at that point in time. And uh, it was, it was interesting, I, I, but we got the fence made and uh, I didn't pay any attention to it other than a guy uh, next door neighbor came up and he's like, Hey man, can you tell you about, tell me about this fence? Cause it's, it's a damn good looking fence. And I was like, well, hey, here, First guy. Then it got to the second. Then it got to the third. I was like, I need to do a fucking video over this because I'm tired of explaining the same thing over and over and over. So I ended up going through, making a full PDF of everything, made an Excel spreadsheet and everything, and I let it rip. It's on a Dropbox. All you got to do is type in how many linear feet of the fence that you need, 207 feet. It spits out how many two-by-fours you need, how many – it set it, forget it, and then you just got to figure out where you're putting your holes in the ground. Always check to make sure that there is not any ground electrical stuff going through because if you get popped doing that, uh, you won't be making a fence much longer. So we were building the fence, and I figured it was uh, better to just do a video for it. And then if it didn't just help one person, it could help potentially thousands of people. And I kid you not, I've, had, I've talked to people from China, Australia, Russia. They'll send me an email saying, hey, uh, do you have any conversions that you can switch over to centimeters? Like, no. I'm not going to do that, but I will talk you through it if you have any questions on doing that. And just that community, the communication of doing that, I'd, it it opened me up to a, a whole new idea. It's like, I'm, I'm actually helping people, you know? This this feels good. And and it's just a fence. <laughs> just a fence. <laughs> you want to know how to build a fence? Get with John Hartill. That's right. And what's great about it is we've had two uh, tropical storms since then, Imelda and whatever the other one. I think one of them popped you pretty good. We don't like talking about it, right? Well, Imelda was the one that got me, but Harvey, are you talking about Harvey? The one that after that. Oh. What, the, yeah. Laura. Uh, Laura? Was it Laura? No, it was Imelda. Imelda. Oh, Imelda. Imelda. Yeah, Imelda's yeah, yeah. the one that bent me over and railed me from behind. I'm sorry, but that's what happened. No lube. No, no lube. lube. No lube. <laughs> <laughs> And so basically, you weren't the only one. It was half, no, yeah. oh, no, half of Southeast it, Texas. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> three quarters of Southeast Texas got railed. I'm not, yeah. I'm not complaining. Like I got it the worst. There's way worse, but someone yes. just finished building from the last time that it happened with Harvey. So you know what? <laughs> they built the shit out of their character. I'll tell you that. That's right. It's just the way uh, of life living on the coast down here, though. I mean, hurricanes. You just got to expect them every year. But we, we don't have to move away, though. No, fuck it. Just rebuild. What yeah, are the rebuild odds? Rebuild and fight it another yeah. day. Yeah, it's fight just, it in five more years. They're going to say, here's another 1,200-year flood. It's yeah. like, bitch, shut up. But So one great thing about this fence, I'll just add, uh, everybody's fence in the neighborhood blew down. Mine did not. Because if you think about it, a fence is like a big 
wind sail going through and it just blows down. Mine is a grid of wire and it just blew through. So I was feeling pretty good about it. A good investment, still standing up. Anyway, it allowed me to know that I I do have a presence. I got a thousand subscribers. I didn't even know what was going on. I was like, who the hell is watching this shit? But and then I started, I wasn't I wasn't following it. So I looked down and it was like 50,000 views. Nice. And then uh, I got the Chevelle, or I had the Chevelle, and I was figured, well, there's not enough videos out there, and uh, if I want to learn something about it and the video doesn't exist, I might as well make one. It might help somebody. So I did that, a handful of it, and then I realized that I bit off more than I could chew. Uh, I was coming up on planning to propose to my wife and uh, just bought a house, just built a fence, and the Chevelle was not in commission, and I really wanted it to be, so... I got it as far as I wanted it to and was able to sell it. And it was the best, worst thing I ever did. I hate that bitch. Not my wife. The car. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. It was like, <laughs> the anyway, car, I got to go. The car's name was Old Bitch because as soon as you fix something, something else. And it was a beautiful car. Beautiful. It, anyway, I, I, I got my, my race car system uh, out of my system. And uh, it just so happened one Memorial Day weekend, we were cruising through Sour Lake to go to a friend's house, and uh, the Gladiator, the Jeep Gladiator, had just unveiled, and it was kind of an early release, and I saw it sit there at Sour Lake Motor Company, this firecracker red, and I was like, I want to hate that son bitch. That was one of the first vehicles that whenever I was going through, you know, the craze, we all get that. He's like, oh, what kind of truck do you want to get when you first start driving? I wanted the Jeep Comanche truck, the little looks like the XJ, but it had a bed. And uh, well, they didn't make them from 92 all the way up until 2020. So this was early 2019, and I saw it sitting out there. And like, well, let's go in. We don't have anything else to do. Went in for the test drive, and I took it for a 35-mile test drive. I wanted to hate it the whole time, and I did not. So I decided this might be a vehicle that I might venture into. And because it's so new, just kind of like you know, a baby in this podcast, y'all are probably figuring out all this stuff. It changes every single day. The new ideas is like, this might be good for my YouTube channel. At that point in time, it was just John Hartel. But uh, I was laying in bed one day and uh, this was while I, was, I had already ordered the vehicle. I was waiting for a particular color to come out. It's called Gator. And uh, it's kind of, what, what do we call this Overland channel? And this was just shy of COVID. So, uh, We'll say the overlanding scene was not in a full presence because people weren't just sitting at home watching YouTube videos. And uh, I, I had started following Trail Recon and a handful of other things because I'm, I've always been an outdoorsman. Grew up duck hunting, uh, fishing. I kayaked the, the paddles off my kayak for duck hunting and fishing and everything. And then all that got stolen one day. Right? It's a, another story for another day, but... Uh, it took my mojo. It took a lot from me, and it's hard to get it back, especially when a monetary is in, involved. So I, I put my focus into school at that point in time, and then graduating college, and then uh, got a job and started affording to do all these trips and being able to make these decisions. And uh, I got to the point where, you know, it, here we go. If I'm going to do this this truck, I kind of want to. It's it's kind of a niche, if you want to call it, for being a Jeep. I was always a Chevy man, but here we go. We're going to do it. And as it ordered in, I was laying in bed and saying, what are we going to call this show? Uh, I was thinking, well, Gator Overland doesn't sound too bad. It's kind of random. But, uh, and then I started thinking about, well, I'm, I'm kind of a punny guy and have had dad jokes for years and I'm just about to be one. So, uh, 
I was thinking just go. So Gator Overland, G-O. And that's why at the end of all my videos, I say have fun, keep it safe, and just go. And the reason why I say that, kind of what I was mentioning earlier, is you don't know until you go. Fishing, hunting, is there going to be mosquitoes there? I don't know. Are they going to be biting today? I don't know. Yes, there will be mosquitoes <laughs> there. <laughs> they will be there. Bring At all the, times. Bring the deet. Yes. Bring the deet. And uh, just go kind of came to, to life. So I was thinking, yeah, Gator Overland, it sounds good. It's simple, and it represents the truck. If I was ever to wreck this thing or get rid of it, I would have to change the name of my YouTube, obviously, because, well, maybe it's not even the representation of the color of the vehicle anymore. No, you're, you're known as Gator. I'm known as Gator. Gator Overland. don't take no shit. He never took no shit. That's exactly right. So uh, in the process of doing this, my wife and I both grew up camping and being in the outdoors and stuff. And uh, we're just basically coming back to home with that. And uh, I'd mentioned my home is in Texas. My heart is in the mountains. I grew up skiing. In fact, I went skiing with Porter one time a couple of years ago. Yep. And uh, I taught him everything he knows, at yep. least that time. You and, you and Douglas. He was really good at one speed, and it was this way. Boom. A yep. hundred miles per hour downhill anywhere. The slow section, you remember that time whenever you went full Formula One explosion with one ski? Oh, yes. That's uh, when I, I got my first, I got my mark. Yeah. This The ski instructor just comes up and he goes, dude, bro, that was gnarly as hell. Like, he was definitely from, like, California. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, dude. As I'm sitting there in pain, I cracked a couple of ribs. <laughs> like, no, no, like, no shit, cracked a couple of ribs. I'm sitting there in pain. I'm like, like yeah, dude, no, it was cool as fuck, you know? Mike skis, I did a full-blown yard sale on the mountain. And he's just like, oh, bro, that was so cool. Can I see your card? I was like, you know, reach in my pocket, pull out my card, and he goes, punches it. He's like, two more of those, bro. You're kicked off the mountain. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and Doug comes up, and he goes, bro, I've never seen someone get their card punched on the mountain. I was like... <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, a well, thing? okay, so go extremely dangerous for everybody on the mountain, including yourself, and crash, and you will get your heart guard punched. That's you badass. You get a punch, I got you. So you I get got three a, strikes, and you're out. Three strikes, and you're getting kicked off the mountain, which yeah. I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to ski again. I'm broken. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like a thrown away fucking piece yeah. of trash. Dude. After strike two, you should just be about done for. Dude, yeah. It was so funny because he was at the slow section and the guy's like, slow down. <laughs> and as soon as Ford started, uh, Ford, Porter started doing that, he lost his ski. So he was slaloming and trying to slow down. All of a sudden, he's just like, what do I do? That's when you just lay down, dude. I just lay down. Just lay down. Dude, and I was going, and I the only reason I know this is because I had my ski tracks on 40. Uh, so it tells you ski tracks, free app on your phone. It'll tell you your elevation, your speed, how far you've gone, whatever. I'm watching my speed and I hit 49.4 like or five, almost 50 miles per hour. And it goes <laughs> straight to zero. Uh, basically equivalent to just run like a car hitting you. Yeah. I just, and I didn't go anywhere. And everybody up on the mountain, John, Mike, Chase, Doug, they're like, we're laughing their ass off. Oh, they're laughing their ass off. They're like, dude, it looked like someone just like dropped a nuke. Snow, ice, everything just flew everywhere. And I'm just laying there just and just crippled, just just but yeah, that's a whole different deal. Skiing with Porter. Yeah. 
So I'm looking at these glasses on the front of the table, man. What, what do we got here, man? This is actually something I'm going to offer up to you guys. Uh, those of you watching from Texas, you may ask yourself one question, or I'm going to ask you, what is the official cocktail of Texas? Well, there is an official, unofficial cocktail of Texas, and I know that because... He has the document right here. My dad has this document. And it's, it's upside down. It's upside down. But regardless, there's a bunch of information on here that I'm going to share with you all today. And those of you not from Texas, you get to enjoy. Because if you're from New York, you have the Manhattan and on and on and on. So the actual official cocktail of Texas, in case you didn't know, is the Paloma. And it actually is Spanish for dove. And it is actually a drink of tequila, lime, and uh, your choice of type of grapefruit additive, whether it's grapefruit juice or you want to spice it up with like a Waterloo that's got bubbles in it and stuff. But if you're familiar with a Colorado Bulldog or a White Russian, and I know Russia's not a big deal right now, but uh, there is a drink called a White Russian, and I think most of it's because it's got vodka and it's got milk, and it makes sense. So years ago, my dad was a professional bartender and would travel around, and this was PJ uh, uh, BJ, I should say, before John. And, uh, I'm just showing <laughs> oh, sorry. Off. I'm just showing it off. And he was, uh, it, in 1982, he was at uh, New Orleans doing Mardi Gras stuff. And uh, a guy came up and said, Dude, y'all are doing so good with drinks. Uh, make, one, make me a, a Texas cocktail. And they kind of looked back and forth, and they were like, yeah, there isn't one. And the guy's like, well, hell, make one. So they got to thinking about it and put their heads together with everything that they had at the bar. And everything you see here is going to end up being Texas in a glass. So we have Kahlua. We have Southern Comfort. We have vodka. Sorry, that was probably extremely loud. We have vodka. Not only is it known for being vodka in Russian, but it is Texas vodka. So we're going to have that here. And then we have... Little Tito's. Never little Borden. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not impartial to Tito's. Dripping Springs is also a wonderful vodka. With, it, uh, I'm going to – I'll say it. I'm not sponsored by either one. Dripping Springs, hands down, way better. But Tito's is like the – people know – every you go anywhere, they're like, oh, we got Tito's. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's from Texas. So what we're going to do here, I'm going to take this glass, and he's got me set up right over here. But uh, you're familiar with the White Russian, which is pretty much – uh, concept of combining vodka with the milk and however so every single one of these items here you see is going to be relevant to a part of texas and tells a story so first of all you're going to want your jigger this is a one and a half ounce by one ounce and the one ounce is called a pony so in case you didn't know that these are going to be pony shots that's your full shot this is what you would get at a bar normally but if you're getting served drinks it's usually a pony we're going to start out with Kahlua. Kahlua, if you do not know, is from Mexico, and it is a rum coffee liqueur. And if you don't know as well, Texas borders with Mexico, and at one point in time was part of Mexico, and we got their independence. So we're going to do one pony of Kahlua, and that's commemorating a thanks to our seniors and amigos down below next up we have our southern comfort and if you know texas is one of the great southern states 
known for our uh, gentlemanly and hospitality, Southern hospitality. Number one, you guys have been very hospitable this afternoon. (laughs) Thank you. I know that. So if you don't know, it's uh, it's, uh, a Louisiana based uh, whiskey and basically it's uh, done with peaches and herbs. We're going to put one pony of this and where we live in Southeast Texas is actually very predominantly uh, Cajun influence because we're right next to the border of Louisiana, like Charles across the street. So everybody talking like this. You get going a little bit, and you you like, hey, you want some of that bull down? You know, help you that. You want you know, you don't understand about how some of the stuff they say. <laughs> You're like, hey, yo, 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 bring it, mommy, and get better. Yeah. So and I did, what? <laughs> <laughs> he said, take out the trash. Oh, okay. So uh, Southern Comfort, one pony, Southern Comfort. Next up, we have the big V. We're gonna do one one pony of vodka. And the vodka, like Texas, is world renowned. It's not necessary for anything else other than this is Texas vodka and the representation of you can go anywhere in the world. Vodka usually represents Russia. Texas is Texas to the T. And for being world renowned, you get one pony. And that uh Tito's, that's I've I haven't been nowhere in the States where they don't have Tito's. It's a pretty well-known vodka. Yeah, it's been a, a quite the development over, the, especially in the the recent years. It's a yeah. it's a corn-based vodka as opposed oh. to potatoes or wheat. Wheat. <laughs> so now we've got the 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 big boys out of the way. Those are the ones with the alcohol in there. Here we go for the Borden. <laughs> We're going for the Borden. Oh, Elsie. You know Elsie and Elmer, the glue. Is that why it was called that? Yeah, Elsie and Elmer. You know, Elmer's glue. They're both Borden products. One gets the the hooves and the other one gets the milk. Oh. You ever wonder what they do with the steers, huh? We ain't eating the meat. (laughs) Damn. Just make them glue. Sticky. (laughs) So next up, we have our our milk. And like in the White Russian, uh, Texas, well, I say like in the White Russian, White Russian's got milk in it. But Texas is known as the great heifer state. We're known for our uh, steer stock and some of the largest productions of beef in general. And because we can't stick a steak in this glass, we're going to use the milk. And this is actually going to be, sorry. Just move it out of the way. (laughs) This is going to be six ponies worth, but to make things easier, we're going to do four normal shots in there. That will... Finish this drink right up. Is it? It's got to be whole milk, or you can go two percent. I went whole almond? just to have a little bit more beef in there. What about lactose? Can what you a lactose? <laughs> you, if you're lactose intolerant, you might you Dude, might have a little bit of issues. After so, this one. like we were talking, like you know, this is definitely, and you you need to be the one to say the name of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want Porter to sample it. You know, and give a review of it. You know, how does it taste? Yeah, and all that. So what we have here, we have our accoutrement right there. We're all the way up to the stock of the uh, the milk. And we're going to add in two ice cubes. Well, those are really big ones. But this is the placement of two ice cubes. And two ice cubes. And definitely not crush because crush is sissy. So we're going to put that in there. There's that old swizzle stick right there. Oops. There you go. And then there's our cinnamon, which is also known as armadillo dust. We're going to just top that lightly right there. All right. So now we have this whole basis right here. And with a 
skewer, straw, finger, whatever you want to work Spoon, with. Spoon, penis, whatever. We start out with <laughs> whatever you got that's uh, yeah. at least that. You know, yeah. some, you know. At least an inch. So we start out swirling twice clockwise, 1835 for the year of our independence, and 1982 twice to commemorate the development invention of this concoction. And then you look to the person and you say, happy screws to you. And then give her a shot there, buddy. Let me. You got to say it. Happy screws to you. Porter sniffs the beverage. He's about to take a pull. Get his initial, his initial reaction of the flavor here. Let me have a pull of that. <laughs> and now you notice I didn't swizzle it. I didn't shake it. It's only, I'm sorry, I didn't swizzle it. I only swizzled it. It didn't shake it. Didn't do anything else other than that right there. And the reason why that is, is that Kahlua comes back there at the end. And if you don't know about Texas, we are also known for our oil. So that little bit of a stir at the bottom makes that Texas tea rise up. And uh, it makes for a a nice drink. May not be something that you want to crush a whole bunch of, or you might. I don't know. If you like a white Russian. Um, uh, Tanner. Try that. I'm going to give you my honest opinion. And I've been pretty honest on this thing. I want to hear this before I take my own swig. (laughs) That is freaking fantastic. Okay. It's good. I'm talking eat that for breakfast. You know what? I'm, And many of you have kind of had a conversation about this drink and all this. And I think I figured out what I'm going to do different on this drink to make it our own. Can't wait. So, fuck milk. We're going straight rum chata. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. So, yeah. Um, Level up. This, oh, yeah. That's a lot of what it reminds me of, but it's not. It's not. It's not as sweet. It, it looks like it. It's sweet. It's uh, very, very tasty. Very, yeah, no. that. Very, I mean, I'm talking like straight up drink that. I think I can that. sit here and pound 12 of them. Drink but, uh, that for breakfast. If you're not breakfast. lactose intolerant, you'll be all right. I mean, you might be tooting a little bit anyway, but. That's fine. We that's, eat beans. That is a tasty If beverage. you want to put Texas in a glass. Not only is that a great story of everything that we are about, a little bit of Texas pride, but uh, it's actually a good job, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's a good really job, good Dad. That is fantastic, straight up. That uh, I definitely appreciate you sharing that with us. And yeah. uh, basically, let's. Um, I mean, that's hard to beat. That let's <laughs> let's plug in all your different social medias. Yes, yeah. and go ahead. I mean, I am a. Gator Overland on my YouTube channel. I'm also Gator Overland on my Instagram, and I'm just John Hartell on Facebook. Uh, I didn't really, haven't really touched on Gator Overland in general, but I, uh, we kind of got into development of wanting to develop this uh, overlanding experience and getting back out there and just going, actually doing something. We were in the middle of COVID. What are you going to do? I can't fly on a plane. I wanted to. I was doing it every six months. It was awesome. New food, new experiences. What are you going to put on my plate? So you keep it in the States. And, you know, we scoped out Colorado. That's where I was kind of going with the uh, the skiing part. That, yeah. No, uh, the the first part. Yeah. The first part. Uh, first time I actually I was with Kyle Duplachon and his now wife, Courtney. Uh, we had the opportunity to go to Colorado in the summer. And I had only ever seen Colorado white. It was, you know, skiing for 15 years or so. And honestly, after that trip, 
I didn't want to see it white again, not unless I had to. I've been convinced, but uh, I, I develop a love and a passion. We went to Estes Park. If you ever have the opportunity, if you go into Denver, take the one-and-a-half-hour drive, I think is what it is, to go up to Rocky Mountain National Park, Estes Park, the, the mountains, the scenery, the animals. We saw brown bear. We saw elk. Oh, it was just... I, I had never seen that before. Oh, it's maybe a snow bunny just, and I'm not talking about the female ones, but, you know, skiing-wise, something, or a fox or something like that. But it was so incredible. We did some hikes. That was something that I, I hadn't touched on. I'd only ridden, a, you know, the chairlift up to the top of the mountain and skied down it, and you, you're going over everything that's really cool to see when there's not snow covering it. And it was, it, it hooked me. And then two days later, Kyle, again, the same Kyle, uh, wanted to do a, a whitewater rafting. I was like, well, hell yeah, let's do that. That was, you know, not only is this testing, it's getting me back in that feel as of being on the water. And, I, oh, man, it was just uh, fly fishing. It's just going through my mind and thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be awesome. So we did the, we went to Buena Vista, did the, the rafting trip, and I'm hooked again. And just on and on and on. And that trip kind of resonated. Colleen and I, we talked about it, and it was like, well, do this channel and kind of build up the truck a little bit, get it capable of going absolutely anywhere, if not for a zombie apocalypse. I got it pretty pretty loaded down. but yeah. it, it looks <laughs> like you would go to the end of the world with that son of a bitch. And it's been fun. And I've met a lot of cool people doing this. I would have never thought that I would have been part of a Jeep community, and it's been great. Sharing information, that's what I'm about. I'm a researcher. I'm a doer. I put my hands on things. I figure them out. And if I don't, I go to ask questions. And it's hard in some of the communities. And even doing YouTube channel, uh, you get the negative comments. And if you take them to heart, a lot of that is constructive criticism. That's what I take on to it. And you develop. If you, if you want to be hard on yourself about this guy's cussing because he can't hear me, well, buy new sound equipment. Ding. If your money's not there, then, you know, hold off. Save your beans a little bit and get on. But... It doesn't just come overnight, and at the point in time, once you become a 1,000 subscribers, you become monetized. That's kind of important. I can actually make money doing this. So there is an incentive there, and then the development of the channel came, and I started getting the truck ready for our first inaugural trip where we were planning to go to Colorado and just basically see everything up uh, 550, Pagosa Springs, going through Durango, all the way up through Silverton, go all the way up to Ure. Oh, buddy, Ure is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. It's called the Switzerland of the Americas, and the drive up there, I think I have imprints on my steering wheel because I, it, it's so breathtaking. You feel this small. It, it's, it's unlike I've seen a lot of the world, and this is stuff that is here. And it just blew me away. It still blows. I could drive that thing up and down. I wouldn't want to be a UPS driver about it, but I could drive it up and down and continuously just blow me away. And, you know, a lot of, you know, this development, getting the suspension lift, is it necessary? No. I get so many questions. Uh, what does it take to be an overlander? Or what does it take to be an off-roader? And there's too many concepts out there of, uh, do you have to go rock crawling? No. You can do this. I've seen more... Subaru Foresters, VW Bugs, Mini Coopers, people in two-wheel drive. VW bus pulled up next to us at a campsite in Gunnison this past about two weeks ago. 
And he was just tooting along his little rear engine VW bug bus. And it was so cool to see that guy putting around in places where I have this big, bad four wheel drive. It did kind of go off road in it, but it's unnecessary in most cases. Now, when you're preparing for it, it allows you to go further. So going further allows you to get farther away, disconnecting, going away from people and finding these jewels and I know that we all have done it. When it comes to fishing spots, duck hunting spots, you find your honey holes. Well, do you share them? Do you don't share them? How much can you like this person? Are they going to give it away? Those are all those things that actually become a development that do you. Do you? And I'll be honest, I'm a sharer. I, I, I drive thousands of miles one direction to show up to a place that I couldn't prepare for other than watching a handful of YouTube videos, getting out my notepad, looking in the background, finding certain landmarks, translating that over to Google Earth and saying, that's where that guy was at, and then going. So what you're saying is we don't need to bring you duck hunting with us. So the ducks are over here. The now. ducks are right here. Let me post a photo of this pin. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's uh, well, in here, here, most of the time we're we're going to places unless it's like marsh hunting where first come first serve. You get into your honey holes, but uh, y'all even mentioned it in the recent podcast that uh, it's it's been slow here. And unless you're you're field hunting, you're renting a spot, tilling it up. I mean, it's a lot of work, and it, that's what y'all said. You got to work harder here in Texas. Fact, and to get out of Texas. It's hard too. It's a it's a it's a trek, and it's in the end for someone who has passion for it. Whether you're hunting, fishing, overlanding, camping, if you got the heart, do it. I, I love it. I love, you know that. Oh, I think we all been there. If we, I don't know if y'all all hunted with your 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 pop or whatever, but uh, did y'all ever have that thermos that no matter what time of day, how long that coffee had been in there, you got cat tongue. It is always the hottest damn coffee, no matter what. Hey, pull me a swig out of that, boy. And, oh, man, just that the son smell. of a bitch has it. <laughs> Straight up. I have the that, thermos. He has the one you're yeah. talking and about. He's yeah. got it. No matter what. But no matter what, I show up with it. Yeah, and, and good for you. That's, that's carrying it on. And, <laughs> but that feeling, the smell, the sitting in the blind, you're smelling the, the, the salt grass that's sitting there in front of you, the sounds. And once you immerse in that, that's just zen. I mean, whether you're waiting for it, six months out of the year, you have, you're preparing for it, and then it's coming. It's, what, 90 days? you got to smoke it as much as you get, and then, uh, then it's gone, and then you're prepping again. But that was the part that I've actually missed out on the past couple of years. I've been on a, a handful of hunts and fishing. A lot of my gear's gone. I got all the guns. I just uh, work, married, and, you know, life changed a little bit. But I've had my focus now on, uh, other things and I've developed this channel but now actually getting out there and uh, developing you know my wife is a really big influence on me for a lot of the projects that I do they're mostly DIY uh, I try to cut out as much as I can of us ands buts and ums to make it easier for you guys to see it because over a period of time it turns into extra time that you and I are paying attention to each other and but then I, I started, my wife's a big influence on me and uh, just trying to get things in the way of making it to where we can both do this comfortably. It, it's one thing to get out there and do it by yourself, especially if a guy, machismo, or what do you want to call it? But, you know, you got to use the bathroom out there. You might have to take a shower. We don't just do it hard at it for 
three or four days at a time. We'll do three days, break it up, go and stay, have a nice dinner in a, in a town and then stay in a hotel and then get back at it. So I've made a few things for us to be able to stay hygienic out there. There are things out there, I won't put my wife's name on blast for it, but there's a thing called a shiwi. It works great. Any of you women out there that need to use the bathroom, it's a blessing and it makes you giggle too. Just practice it in the shower a few times before you get after it. Anyway, moving on from that, uh, I, I, I just, I, I love the community that it's developed. I never would have thought that I would share so much information with people and then reach out to me and I'm happy to share the information and pay it forward ultimately. And one of the things back to sharing the spots, uh, I, I do it out of gratitude for what's out there. I know it takes a lot of people to, you know, to actually go. And the only thing I urge is that if you're out there, just please leave it better than you found it. Leave no trace is one of those things. And uh, I can't say that enough. And that's why I'm happy to share it because most of the people who are out there are people like me who are just normal and wanting to go to a place comfortable with their family, their wife, their kids, or by themselves. I have one friend, Newman Askoy, who's been on another podcast somewhere, and I shared a few spots with him, and he murdered it. It was such a cool story. He went from New Jersey all the way up to Oregon, and I got to be a part of that as far as information, and I was glad that I could share that with him. I want to continue paying it forward, and that's honestly why I'm, I'm here with you guys today. And yeah. sharing it with you guys. Anybody can do it. It's just a matter of a focus and a little little bit of gold and a lot of passion. Yep. And that's why I brought you on. I just, for, I mean, we're about to be cutting it, but it's just, you're such an intense human on traveling, on exploring, on shit you've done, and you're very thorough with your explanation on how you've done it and what you've done and how much you enjoyed it. I just want everybody to, to kind of feel that and want to go do it. Yeah. I, I want people to be like, light that spark that makes them want to go outside. You don't have to get a Jeep. You don't have to do that. But if you just want to go camp, if you want to go, don't even have to camp. Just go get in a, a Airbnb somewhere you see out the Milky in the country. Way, yeah. As clear as day on the, the darkest night, it is the most unreal thing. I, it's, it, there's things that you can't get back from it. It's just you have to be there. But yeah. it takes, you know, Got to have little and hurdles to get past and got to get primitive with it sometimes. So That's why I wanted to bring you on because I wanted Thank people you. to just get with it. Like, yeah. do it. If you want to, if you have the slightest want to, do it. Just go. And you will enjoy the shit out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a pleasure having it's you pleasure on today. You guys. Jonathan. Y'all yeah. check Jonathan out. <laughs> yeah. So Gator Overland on YouTube. Instagram. Instagram. And just John Hartell on uh Facebook, if you need to reach out, I help out everybody with all my DIY projects. I talked to a guy from Canada today, so it was yeah. pretty cool sharing it around. So thanks for watching. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this, guys. And we're going to have you on again, for cool. sure. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, wait. Maybe the next time it'll be from actually catching trout on one of our overlanding trips. Yeah, no. We, I got all the spots marked. I just haven't put the put the line in the water yet. Oh, we're going to get there. We'll for sure get Maybe there. Maybe y'all can follow along. Possibly I, so. All you Come find it. me in the mountain. Just, have just to. ask me. I will go. <laughs> but anyway, we hope y'all appreciated this. Thank uh, you. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate you coming. Appreciate everybody watching the podcast. Had a lot of good feedback. Everybody that's been just keeping up with it. Try the Texas bull screw. I yeah. promise is, is, is worth Try it. it out. Try it, it out. It was worth it. For it was sure. very good. It was good. And I hope everybody has a good night. Happy to share it with you guys. And what do you say? 
Slanja. That's Irish for drink to good health. Slanja. 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 We'll see y'all guys. (laughs)